data-driven, ambitious, and love all things marketing? I'm Emma. I've dabbled in all marketing channels in my career. And my passion? Providing my team with the tools to be the superstars. So, I'm making a podcast to share everything I've learned along the way, from my bachelor's internships to early career in marketing to becoming head of international marketing by age 29. Plus, everything I wish my 20-year-old self had known. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, get your snacks ready to go, and let's do this. Hello, welcome back to a new episode. Today's topic is not the most glamorous, not the most fun, but it is pretty crucial, and I think that it is one that is necessary, and I think this could help a lot of you out there when you're facing that analytics overwhelm. I think that it's one of those things that people just expect marketers to know. And if you're in a small team or if you're a one-man band or if you don't have the luxury of having a marketing analytics person, which is pretty rare unless you're an e-com. I mean, e-com, you probably will have a couple of data people. But unless you're an e-com or unless you're in an agency, usually, from my experience, internal marketing teams do not have the luxury of having somebody that is exclusively data-driven, which means that you are going to have to pick up a couple of things to help you to get by so that you can make your informed decisions and opinions on your strategies and what's working and what doesn't. If you have a website and the website is in some way, I mean, I can't imagine why you would have a website if it's not going to help with your marketing, but you need to be looking at how it is performing and it you don't just have to look at it, how it's performing if it's an e-com site. So if you are selling things on there, you absolutely will need to be doing this. But regardless of that, even if you your website is not for that, it's more of like a brochure or a lead generation or anything to drive demand for your business, which is pretty much the purpose of a website, then you need to be looking and seeing what's working and what's not. And I do think that this can be quite overwhelming if you don't know where to start. So I'm going to give you a bit of a snapshot today as what I care about from a B2B point of view. And I say a B2B point of view because what I mean is what I care about when the website is not a converting sales website in terms of e-commerce where people are purchasing on the site. Once you get down that route, there is lots and lots more layers of analytics that you need to be looking at and always monitoring. So this one is sort of everything that, yes, you would need to know if you were B2C, and yes, you would need to know if you were B2C e-com, but there is like an extra layer if it's e-com. But for now, this one applies to everybody, no matter what industry you're in, no matter who your end audience customer is, If you have a website, these are some of my top tips of what I'm looking at from a Google Analytics point of view. Also, from what I can do within half an hour, because you could go down rabbit holes, especially because there's just so many options and you could get lost and you could spend hours and hours and not really know where and what you're looking at and then to get informed decisions. So I've got pretty good at getting this down to about 20 to 30 minutes so that I can get the information that I need from the relevant places in Google and then make my decisions based off what it's telling me. I would do this weekly and I would also do it monthly. Weekly is more to flag if there's anything that's wrong. Monthly is more to track the past month's marketing initiatives and then looking forward and helping to plan that. I would also look at this review from a quarterly perspective 
again, helping with my forward planning and seeing what worked and what didn't. If you're just doing that on a weekly, it's really difficult to pick things up because it might have just been like something, if say you've had a bank holiday Monday or if there's been something like that that's thrown your week off, all of your stats might be out. So I don't tend to base my strategic decisions off a weekly stat. It would be the monthly ones I'm paying more attention to. So before I get into what are the ones that I care about, if you do not have Google Analytics set up on your website for your website, it's not linked, get it. It's completely free to get this. You have to link them up. And if you go to Google, they've got some really, really simple instructions to follow on how you do this. So it's definitely worth an hour or two of your time to link them up because then you're going to get all of this helpful data that you can then base your decisions off so go and look at what they've got the information it's really really helpful it's really easily laid out to link up your website and it with a google account i'm only going to go through today what i care about but i recommend if you are a beginner to google analytics to go and take one of google's free courses they have some really really good ones that can help with any analytics that you want so As I said, I know it can be super, super overwhelming. So we are going to get into it and I'm going to tell you what I care about, why I care about it and what I'm looking for with each of these different areas within Google Analytics. So first of all, when you are on your Google Analytics homepage, the first thing that you'll want to do in your top right hand corner is fix the dates on what you want to look at. So as I said, this could be week on, this could be weekly or it could be monthly. Now you have options on what you want to compare it to. You need to compare it to something, otherwise you don't know what you're looking at. So you could compare it to the previous period, which I do regularly, or sometimes if I'm looking a bit more long-term, I could compare it yearly. So I do the yearly one more when I'm looking at quarterly reviews, or if it's something like a big event that might happen within your marketing calendar that you wanna see how you did versus last year's campaign, say it fits in the same dates. That's obviously more set with things like dates. So things like Black Friday, things like Christmas, things like if you are in financial services and there's a big push for like a financial year end campaign, anything like that that's worth going year on year, then compare it to that. But generally, I will look at previous period because I think, well, I'm basing it on how good we were in our last period and have we beaten it. So I actually prefer previous period, but sometimes it might not correlate because say you have a lot of leads in your autumn, but your summer is really, really quiet. If you're comparing your autumn to your summer, then your autumn stats are going to look incredible, but it's not really a fair comparison. So you need to do a bit of thinking in your head about which one's the most relevant, but I tend to do both depending on what I am looking at. Getting into it, the first place that I go is on the left-hand side, it says audience. I then click down to overview. Now, overview is pretty much what it says on the tin. It gives you some key stats. The things that I'm looking at are most of these. So I'll check sessions. So how many people have actually come to our website during that time? And is it up or down on whatever I'm comparing it to? Users, so how many users came? Were they up or down? Page views, very similar, up or down. And then I'm really most concerned about the next two, which would be average session duration and bounce rate. Now, these two are really important things to check because 
even if you've managed to increase your sessions, your users and your page views, if your average session duration goes down and your bounce rate goes up dramatically, either of those two ways, then the quality of the traffic that you're getting isn't adding up. It's not worth it. So your sessions could go up, but if your average session duration is massively down and your bounce rate is massively up, that is basically telling us it's a little orange or red flag. I don't know if it's quite a red flag yet, but it is a flag that wherever you're getting this new traffic source from, it's not the most quality, whoever it is, and not the most relevant people. And so you need to be looking at where that new traffic came from, which I will go into where I look at that. So they're definitely things that I would be flagging. You want your average session duration to be going up and your bounce rate to be going down. A reminder, your bounce rate is when somebody comes to site and then they leave immediately. So they've got to your site and gone, no, this definitely isn't for me. They come and left straight away, which you obviously don't want that kind of traffic because it means that they are the wrong eyeballs and they've been sent there for the wrong reason. So you want that as low as possible. So once I've looked at them, I then continue into the audience bracket. So I'm looking at audience, then I'll select behavior, and then I'll look at only new versus returning normally to see are we managing to get new eyeballs and are people returning. They're both pretty important because you want new eyeballs to come, but you also want to make sure that you have a healthy return rate. So I usually like to see this around 50% for both of them because I'm like, I want new eyeballs, yes, but I also want people to come back because you're not just necessarily going to have a one-time experience with us. Another one that might not be relevant if you are a very, very local business, but I also, continuing in the audience tab, will go audience, geo, location, because if I'm looking at lots of different country plans, I wanna know, are we getting the traffic from the right locations? Are the right countries coming to the site? And what does that traffic split look like? So when I'm doing marketing plans for four or five different countries, I wanna check how that traffic split is coming into the site. Are there any potential red flags? Have any of them gone down that shouldn't? And have any of them gone up? So that's a really good quick way from a global marketing perspective to check what traffic is coming to your site from which countries. And that's all I'll do in audience. So I'll get all that information down, put it into a little spreadsheet. I just do a really, really simple Excel sheet where I just compare like uh, month on month and week on week so that if I ever need this data, I can quickly go back. I definitely do record it though. You don't just want to be looking at all of these things and be like, okay, that's it. Because if somebody asks you in two weeks, oh, what was the audience for June new versus returning? You're going to be like, I have no idea. I need to go back into Google Analytics. So I find these really, really helpful when I'm planning ahead to go back to these and refer to them. Now we've moved on from audience. We're looking at acquisition. Acquisition, remember, is very simply where did the traffic come from? So you definitely want to be looking at these because you want to be seeing what channels are driving the eyeballs to your site. So you literally click on acquisition, then go down to all traffic and then click on channels. Now here I am looking at how much was organic traffic. So your organic traffic is somebody going to Google and typing in your brand name. Direct means that they have typed in specifically to the search bar your exact website and come straight through. So those two ones are really important to check on 
if you're looking at is your brand awareness increasing? Because if those two numbers are going up, it means that people are hearing about your brand through whatever marketing channel it might be. You can't attribute it, it's really frustrating. Unless you've literally done one, you've only pulled the lever on like one new channel, which would be very rare. Yeah, you can see, is it increasing? You need, you want these two numbers to be going up gradually because you want your brand affinity and your brand awareness to be going up. So they're two things I always check on is those two numbers increasing because if they're not, it could be, a f- how many times am I gonna say red flag? Sorry, but it's the way to say it. It could be an indication that you might need to be doing more brand awareness marketing because if they are even decreasing or staying the same, then that's definitely a symptom potentially. Then the other ones are much more classic. So it will be your paid social, your social, your referral. So your referral could be if you were on a different website. So say you got mentioned in a, let me think, like a local press place and then they had a link to your website and then people have come through through there. That's a typical way. If you've got a job being advertised on Indeed, and again, it's got a link to your website and they come through there. So that's kind of referral traffic. And then you could have other channels like email. That would might be one. Within acquisition, there's lots of other things that you might want to go into like tree maps and Google ads, search console. But for my 20 minute check on how everything's doing this is enough information that i need to base my decisions on so there is more things that you could do in acquisition that are definitely worth exploring potentially if you're doing a big deep dive maybe quarterly but from a month perspective that gives me everything i need to know about what channels might be not pulling their weight and we need to be focusing on or what channels are performing really well from us and equally we need to focus on to double down so really no matter which way it goes you need to focus but it will just depend on what your tactic is going to be if it's good or bad depending on which way your number goes after i have looked at acquisition i then go down to the next one which is behavior Now in behavior, there's a couple of things that I wanna check on here. So behavior is pretty simple. It's basically what are people doing on your site? So the first one that I'll do is click behavior, then go down to site content and then click all pages. Now this is pretty self-explanatory. It's showing you what pages are the most popular on your website, what page views have they got per URL, what are the amount of unique page views, average time on page and the bounce rate and the exit rate as well. So again, this really helps me to look at what's performing well, what's not performing well. Is it the pages that I would expect? If I'm running a campaign to a particular landing page, how's that doing? That's definitely one that I will look at and flag and generally just what's working well and what's not. And is there any sort of unexpected things that I need to be aware of? Carrying on in behavior as well, I would also look at site speed. So site speed is very, very important. This could really make or break your website. It's that serious. And so, and I don't mean like literally break it. I mean like if your site speed is taking a long time, 
then your customers are going to get annoyed and they're going to click off. They expect things to be rapid. They want, I don't know what the Google, I think Google says it's less than three seconds. But for me, I always am checking that my average page loads time is less than four seconds. I would expect it to be between two and three seconds. Anything over five, six seconds, I'm flagging immediately and that needs to be looked at. So I do like to check that even in this quick 20 to 30 minute monthly check. I always make sure I go and check our site speed. And then sometimes if I have got through everything pretty quickly, I will continue on in behavior and go behavior and then go to behavior flow and just look at some people's journeys again to check if there's like one big flag where people are dropping off that we need to look at. I do this because when you're not looking at an e-com site, when you're just looking at what just a regular site without people adding to basket, it's really common that problems will go undetected for a longer time because you don't have that like automatic red flag. Oh, people aren't being able to check out or oh, people can't add this product to basket where you're going to have somebody looking and knowing that if there's a problem, you might not necessarily know there's a problem because nobody's looking for that, if that makes sense. Finally, something that I would do if there, somebody thinks there's a problem with the website, I would go to our Google Analytics. I would go at the very, very top. There's something that says real time, which is your website in real time. I'd click on overview and then see what was going on. Are there people active on the site? Have they been able to do what they want to do? Are they having difficulty? Where did they come from? All of that stuff is in there in the real time. So if somebody says, Emma, there's a problem with the website, I'll go and click on the website if it works for me or it doesn't work for me, I'll go to real time and see what's going on. Real time is actually a really good way as well if you're doing a launch because then you can click on it and see how many people are on your website since you've launched. So that's a really cool one. And especially when you're on e-com, that's a fun one to do, as I've said, when you're, when you're launching. That was a whistle stop. How, how long was I? It felt quite short. Oh no, we're doing quite well. That was a whistle stop tour. If I had 20 to 30 minutes every month or every week, I try and do it both. I try and do it weekly and monthly, but I'm looking at different different reasons. That is what I would look at Google Analytics. It's really not overwhelming. There are so many things that you can find out from analytics. And I do think that because it's like, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know what I'm looking at, that you just don't do any. So I recommend just starting with the ones I've started with today because it will just help give you a better picture, especially if you are making any plans whatsoever. You need to be looking at what's working and what's not working because how do you know what to adjust or what to focus on if you don't even know the very, very basics of your website and your stats of going into it? So yeah, there is so many more things that you could look at, but this is fine for that monthly and weekly checking if you're not selling anything, as I said. So I recommend going over to the Google site to look if there's any courses that you wanna take on Google Analytics. And if you don't have the setup on your website, make this your homework for the week because it's really gonna help inform what to do in your marketing. So hopefully this helped. You've got a couple of nuggets or two to go and check this and then you know me, block your calendar out and make sure that you spend 20 to 30 minutes each week and each month doing your Google Analytics. It's boring, but it's necessary. The less glamorous side of marketing for sure. I hope you have a lovely week and I will talk to you next Tuesday. Thank you so much for listening to my Marketing Nuggets podcast. 
I've been your host Emma and I will catch you next time. Bye for now.